0: Hey, 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 chaos! Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs, talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation. chaos. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Welcome to another episode on Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. I'm really excited. One. Yes, if you've been listening to the last couple episodes, yeah, we're still going to dabble in the world of AI, but I think we're going to be merging into this whole universe of an individual here that uh, has a whole lot of incredible things going on. And I'm particularly thinking of all my educator friends, as regards to where you are. Maybe you're back in school. Maybe you're in the journey of uh, all the fun PD days that line up before the students come, or Wherever you are in that spectrum, it's beginning of the year at the time of this recording. And I think mostly we've had a lot of good break and relaxation, hopefully everyone's had some of that. There, there, there's other things pressing the educational world. And the the guest today is someone that I think is going to speak a lot of volumes and a lot of things that a lot of educators and admin and coaches or whatever your title is um, can connect to. And so this is somebody that I'm hoping if you haven't placed her in your circle of learning and maybe support or just positive energy that she brings to the world of education. This is someone you need to add. And so today I'm talking with Brittany Blackwell. So Brittany, welcome to the show. And before we dive into, I call it your universe, because it kind of feels like its own little universe in a in a good way. Uh, you know, who are you? What do you do? And kind of what in the world do you got going on?
1: Yeah. So uh, first off, let me thank you, Aaron, for having me on the show. Um My name is Brittany Blackwell. I am a special educator at heart. I taught in the classroom for 13 years, and now I do my own thing. I am an education consultant and um, what I call a teacher sustainability and burnout strategist, which is just a really fancy way of saying I have a huge passion for helping teachers recover from and prevent burnout using automation systems And really just sustainable strategies. And I do that through um, my agency, Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul. But I also do that through my podcast, the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Um, And that's just what I do. I have a huge passion for helping teachers. And if you're not aware, I mean, teachers are leaving the profession (laughs) at astonishing rates. And it's just a real pleasure to get to see not only students really receiving quality education from their teachers who now have a way to really get through some really tough times, but also to see those teachers who thought of leaving and realized there is a way to reignite their passion for teaching again.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I, w- I want to dive into some of your work because I think what you do separates yourself from a lot of things that are out there, not that the other things are bad by any means, but even before we hit record at the time of this recording, You've kind of got a, I don't know if queasy is the right word, you know, but here you are. This is your 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 first rodeo not back in the classroom. So yeah. you've taken a a leap of faith within your work, which I think is a sign that stuff that you're doing is 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 definitely resonating with people. So congratulations on that. Thank and you. you know, um, but I think that being that lifelong learner and flexible and being able to pivot, you know, maybe we start with that and You can go down as as far as you want to go with that, but I mean, just what was your mindset to take that leap of faith to not return back to the class? You're still teaching right? and and all that. It it looks different. It feels different, but I think so much of ourselves, and I think part of this burnout thing is we get caught in a way where we almost kind of put up our own. Um, self-imposed I always call them like invisible walls or rules like we 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 almost imprison ourselves thinking we can't do this this and this we're really nothing stopping us from it but we kind of right. get stuck and we're afraid of change and we're afraid of all these things so maybe we start there how did you have the courage maybe there's a better word for it to go you know what I'm gonna try something different because that's that's huge that's scary
1: yeah, it is. It's <laughs> it's very scary. And it's so weird because we were just talking about this before we hit record that I felt nervous and anxious and like sick to my stomach almost because today the kids went back to school and I wasn't setting up my own classroom. And really where that All came from was, I mean, like I said, I taught in the classroom for 13 years. I taught special education. I was a special education coordinator at the district level. And it came to a point where I was wanting to help teachers. I was mentoring teachers. I was doing all of that. And I started my podcast. I started sharing like brain science and, you know, different sustainable strategies and things like that. And when it came down to it, it was a lot of work. And I knew that my dream, really, my dream to actually heal the system of education from the inside out, that that dream needed to have its own way, and that I wasn't going to be able to do both. I wasn't going to be able to love on my kids in my classroom and be a great special educator and be able to really change the system of education in the way that I want to, and so I talked to my husband about it. I said, "You know what? I think it's time that I try to do this." And he was like, "Absolutely. You need to, you need to." And at that point in time, I was, you know, my I was sharing with my principal what I was doing. My principal's all for it. He's like, "Go for it." And I was like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah. I mean, I love for you to be here." Right. Um and so I actually what was funny about that is we have he gave out these little cute little awards every month to different teachers and things like that and i was telling my husband i was like you know i'm going to need a neon flashing sign that tells me that this is what i'm supposed to do i need a message from god just to come down in a, in the form of a neon flashing sign and my principal did not know that um and gave me an award that <laughs> that day at the um at the what's that called the staff meeting. Yeah. Um, and he was like, it said, um, do what you love on it. And mm. so I was like, wow, okay. That was a real sign, a literal flashing yeah, right. neon sign. <laughs> and so then afterwards, when I finally decided, you know, this is what I need to do. This is where I need to just take that leap of faith and just do it. Um, I shared that with him. I was like, you gave me the neon sign that I needed. And he was like, dang, like, <laughs> I could have given you anything else.
0: <laughs> right. Right. <Yeah. laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, congratulations. And it's, it's been fun. I've learned a great deal from you and just watching the journey just continue to grow has been, been incredible. And I think one of the reasons why I'm so excited, not I think, I know that I'm so excited to finally have this opportunity to speak with you and have you on the show is there's so much out there around this idea of, socio emotional mental well-being burnout these these are words that are all very important sometimes get tossed around kind of sparingly i think to a certain degree and i think even well-intentioned we've all been there where we get the email like hey take time for yourself and relax enjoy the long break and but it doesn't actually resolve the bigger issues at hand and what i like about your work is like there is like practical usable Tangible things that do work, and I'm not discounting anybody else, but I think there that's the huge difference between what what you do versus a lot of things that are out there, or even just people just trying to help
1: <laughs> teachers right.
0: take a five minutes. They don't they and they don't understand it. So my question to you to kind of frame that up is like, how did you get to this 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 space or this piece to be able to kind of figure out some of these tools, strategies, mindset shifts, uh, behavior kind of changes um, mm-hmm. through your different kind of programs and things. Because I think what you provide there is just that we know we need to do it, mm-hmm. but the the love of the educator's heart is is always so big and you want to do all the things all the time and it's hard to keep that balance. And so, you know, how did you get to this point where you found the tools that worked?
1: So I guess I'm going to have to take it back just a little bit more. Let's take it back. Let's just go on back. (laughs) So um, I was in my fifth year of teaching when I went through my biggest burnout ever, and it wasn't just professional burnout. It was like personal burnout. Mm. I went through a divorce. Mm. Um, I had broken my leg, um, and then we went through a pandemic, and I was literally just like flailing. And so I really dove headfirst into self-help, self-care, all of these different um ways of thinking, brain science. Like I got super nerdy with it um and went down to the brain science piece because I knew that I felt terrible. I actually thought everything was awful, everybody was awful, the you know it was the whole right. kit and caboodle right
0: um
1: and so when we were going through the pandemic i was starting to kind of heal and feel a little bit better and was implementing some things that worked for me um but i also saw where teachers were starting to feel that same way they were starting to feel burned out and I was like, gosh, like I know a lot of stuff. Like I literally just read 32 books, you know, <laughs> about various and sundry different topics. And I realized while we were getting all these emails saying, take care of ourselves, or here's a self-care menu, that they were all really cookie cutter solutions. Yeah. Like they were not individualized whatsoever. And so the special educator in me saw teachers struggling with this burnout, struggling with the challenges of pandemic teaching and virtual learning and hybrid learning and more and more and more being put onto their plate. But nobody was giving anyone a, an individualized path to burnout recovery. And so I really just use my special educator brain to come up with an individualized process. Like what do you do in order to determine what works best for you? Well, first you have to figure out your strengths and your weaknesses. You have to evaluate yourself basically. And it really follows an IEP or an IEP process where you kind of go through and you self-evaluate, you get data on yourself and you're able to see what works and what doesn't for you in a way that's, that's not so cookie cutter, because I think that's where you were going with that. Like it's it's a cookie cutter solution. We, we say, take care of yourself. Well, what does that look like? (laughs) Most people don't know. I mean, like, If we taught that kind of stuff in school or how to be self-aware in school, we'd have a lot more emotionally intelligent people, obviously. But then the next piece was they kept talking about social-emotional learning for students. And I thought to myself, I'm like, how does the social-emotional learning of students happen? Well, it first occurs with the social-emotional learning of the adults in the buildings, And what we know about that is we've got a bunch of really burned out, really depressed, anxious teachers um, due to this pandemic and a lot of different factors kind of all rolled up in a ball. And that's where it needs to start because we can't focus on the students without first focusing on the teacher. And so that's really been my focus is a teacher focused way of really allowing for bigger growth in the classroom for our students.
0: I love that. Um and you know yeah. it's I've I've said it in some shape or form, and it's exactly what you're saying. And I've I haven't not in your space, but just thinking about put my nerdy computer science hat on. And so in our state, we computer science is not required K-12, not to sidebar too much here. But if you're an elementary classroom teacher, for example, you didn't get into teaching kindergarten or second grade to teach kids computer science. That's just probably not probably not why people got into elementary. It just, some people love it in general. That's not why they did it. And so here's this one more thing, you know, and it's, and lots of, I used to talk with the admin. It was like, in order to put students first, like you have to put the teachers first. Like how do we yeah. build confidence in the adults? If they don't have confidence, it's, I don't care what curriculum you buy. I don't care what thing you do. It's it's gonna fall flat because the kids can feel that, and not that you have to be yeah. like an an expert to do that, but I mean like this idea, like you at least have to feel like I can do this, you know. Yeah. And so I think it's very much speaking to kind of what you're talking about, and I appreciate you sharing a little bit of your story of, and, and being vulnerable and doing that. And I want to like kind of just build off that a little bit. It's always obvious when it's like when you talk about these topics, but not talking about like but not reflecting on yourself right so as you're doing this work i think it's important for like that professional side of not burning out but can you also talk to like the importance of that like it's just as important on on the personal side like you can't really take care of one without the i mean you got to take care of both. but i think sometimes when we get stuck in those moments it's really hard to like see maybe some of that personal benefits or you get so caught up if your personal life is is kind of you know you're tripping a little bit to really then even realize that it's having a professional impact like it's sometimes that awareness piece is sometimes hard so can you talk a little bit about your work and the importance of it not just for like career burnout but just general life burnout
1: yeah I mean because if we think about it we often want to separate our work in our home life or our personal life. We always want to separate that. And we think that they're two separate entities and you can be one person at, at school and one person at home. And in all reality, if you don't start to converge those two to make you a whole teacher or a whole person, then you're always going to feel that misalignment. Like I don't like the term work-life balance um, because work-life balance to me sounds like it's supposed to be equal and it's not an equal thing. It's not a 50, 50, you're 50% teacher, 50% human. You know, it's, this is something that is in alignment with what you want. So I call it work-life alignment, where your values, which is part of being aware of yourself, having that self-awareness, I think is the biggest part of any burnout recovery journey, whether it's personal or, or work-related, because more than likely it's both of them kind of hitting each other in the face. But you have to be able to look at it and say, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, these are my values. Now how can I align my values to what I'm doing in my life, just yeah. life in general? And when you can see that and notice that wow, some of the things that are going on in my personal life are being mirrored into my classroom. Um some of the, you know, stressors that are happening in my classroom I'm bringing home. Um because when you can see that and you can break that down, it starts to be a recognition where you can make that change. Without that awareness piece, you can't do that. Um, so that I I think that really reframing the work life balance to work life alignment um, could be really huge for somebody out there who maybe is struggling with trying to compartmentalize their their life.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can you can stress yourself out trying to think you need to have it all figured out all the time, and yeah, anybody in education knows sometimes that balance gets out of whack. Even just timing of the year, like take parent teacher conference week, that there's going to be an imbalance. Well, no matter how you like it, you know, it's, right? It's not always you know uh, what we want, but there's it there's there's going to be that swing, and so then when you do get a chance to swing it back, kind of take you know. The word that I've used a lot in this podcast and a lot of different topics and things always comes out to like permit the word permission, you know? So we do swing it back. How do we give ourselves permission to be able to say, I'm going to swing this back for family or personal life or whatever, you know, and, yeah, and, and realize that it, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a pendulum. I always think it, um, it's yeah, yeah it's never that, I love never that. Yeah. It's never a 50, 50, but you know, we have to also understand there's obligations with professional life. And there's also obligations with personal life. And so I think that's, that's, I I like that. The other thing I'm thinking about is what happens so much in education, where I'm thinking about your stuff that you provide. And I'm thinking about the teachers Where so often they're on their own, trying to find these solutions and things of this. I'm not asking for like a marketing strategy here, but what I'm thinking about is like there's teachers and there's, there's schools that would love this support and learning you know how how have you seen it where you've been able to maybe get in and work with a, a school or a staff uh, in, in some of this work again? Not like show me your analytics to how you get this stuff out there, but because right. I'm curious because so often it's like a teacher will find this right. Someone's going to listen to this and really like it, but then mm-hmm. they don't always have the power to say, and then we're going to bring this this person in. So I'm curious, right. like how? I mean, sometimes it's just great leadership, but trying to help nudge maybe some people who want to like move this forward outside of just themselves. What have you found or some of your experience have been to be able to figure out how to expand this, where, you know, you could have a start to change the culture of a building or a district.
1: Yeah. Um, And I think I understand your question. (laughs) Sorry, Um, (laughs) No, I I think I understand it. Um, But rephrase it for me.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm so here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you've got like, like an awesome Instagram feed, for example, and you got a podcast, people are going to listen, you know, I'm going to check in and I'm, you know, I'm going to, I want to learn more. I'm going to sign up, do some stuff. And I'm doing that out of pocket on my own time, top of everything Mm -hmm. else. Yeah. How do we grow that out? We're taking care of our own, taking care of our staff. Like how do we get basically admin or people with decision-making power to see that this could be good for whole staff? Have you had any of those kind of, opportunities or things. if you haven't, we can just, just cut this part out, but I'm just trying to think like, how do you grow that? Where it's not like a teacher in this building is doing this versus like, Hey, we should all take care of ourselves. Right. You know, and, and have you had experience with that or how has that come through, like come to fruition? So like maybe other teachers could generate these seeds of opportunities.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things that has been really remarkable is I created this quiz um, for teachers to get their own unique roadmap to burnout recovery. And so what I've found over time is that there are different types of teachers who need different types of support. So when I think of the pillars of sustainability, if we're going to have sustainable teachers, um, teachers who can sustain their careers long term. They might have, and they might go through, you know, different phases at different times, but they more than likely have one specific area that they need to work on. And so this quiz has really helped teachers to be able to see what that specific thing is that's coming out um, most for them at that current moment, right? So it might be streamlining and simplifying. It might be, um, you know, finding a burnout-busting buddy, you know, <laughs> or it might be, um you know, finding flexibility and freshness. And so they get this kind of roadmap to where they're focused on this may be the thing. And so what happened with one school that I worked with was a couple of teachers were just like, we are, we are really struggling. We are Mm -hmm. really struggling. And they took this quiz, and they came to a couple of my little workshops that I had. One teacher signed up on her own time for um, a program that I have called the Individualized Educare Program, just really going through how to take care of yourself and find that unique um, teaching magic that they have or their unique um, struggles, weaknesses, that sort of thing. And she shared it with her principal, just was like, this is what I'm doing currently, and made it part of her professional learning goal. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was last year when she was working through all of that and she made it part of her professional learning goal. And what the admin saw over time was that the growth in her classroom was exponential. Um, she was feeling better. She was taking less sick days. Um, even though I, I, I'm a huge proponent for taking your sick days and using them, how you want right. um she she wasn't taking as many as she had the years before um and she she was just overall feeling better confident more engaged in the classroom than she had been and the administrator just asked her like what are you doing and what is this program and so i started connecting with that administrator the administrator started listening to my podcast which was crazy <laughs> um and so really just those small little conversations of this is what I want to do. Um, I don't think it needs a specific program. I don't think you need a specific podcast or any of those things. My biggest thing is that one teacher's ability to show that it can be done is, is like a ripple effect. And Just me having my experience has become a huge ripple effect, but that is the same way in all of our classrooms and all of our schools. One teacher, one person, all they have to do is start to change what they're doing and start to focus on them and show others how it's done, you know, make a breadcrumb trail for the rest. And then administration is going to be like, what are you doing? Like, right, how are right. you? How are you making these huge changes? And your your teacher colleagues are going to say the same thing. Like, what are you doing? I'm. I can remember a teacher specifically asking me, like, why are you always happy all the time now? <laughs> and I'm like, Am I? <laughs> who knew? You know, like it, last year you didn't seem so happy. Yeah, yeah, because I've set some boundaries. I started realizing there are certain things that I can control within my locus and then there's others that I can't. But until you can really sit down and say, you know, become self-aware or start doing little things that will fit your lifestyle, you're not going to start to see those types of changes. And I just think it's really impactful to think that it only takes one teacher to make that impact on the whole school
0: yeah yeah and it's you know and it it's a reminder of just how incredibly powerful educators are not just the lives of students but also colleagues and everyone around them and i think you know we we always have that story right of the 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 teacher story that changed a kid's life or whatever and we gotta Mm -hmm. we, we can't forget that we're surrounded by a bunch of people that have that impact all the time and why not impact each other in this work and some of that i think comes back to also then being willing to be vulnerable to a certain degree and and share yeah. that like hey this is what i'm, wor- I'm working on me and that's not yeah. always easy to say it's not always right. i guess i don't know socially there's more and more of it out there but it's still not like stuff you know
1: yeah. that
0: people just are just wildly comfortable sharing and doing but i think some of that too is to be able to say hey this is what's working for me, and I think that's uh, that, that's awesome. I love that. You yeah. know, maybe to segue a little bit because I can't help but not talk AI as much as I would. Yeah. Just I talk about it all the time, but I've seen some of your 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 latest post, and you've got some stuff there with with Chat GPT. And mm-hmm. I'd like to segue this maybe two prong, or let you tackle it however you want. I mean, as I'm we're talking about teacher burnout, and I'm thinking about all whatever new initiatives are going to face here at the beginning of the year and their plates are already full getting the rooms ready and rosters and all this we've got this other acronym that's not just an education acronym right but it's you know artificial intelligence ai is now everywhere um you know talk to me a little bit about how you've been processing ai and kind of how that maybe could work within some of those productivity burnout yeah. and maybe kind of how to manage this kind of here's this another unknown territory right <laughs> for everything not just education yeah. but it is a huge huge uh topic that if they're not talking about it yet they will be as soon as kids start coming through the door
1: right <laughs> so, you know i think about ai and automate let me let me gonna go back just a little bit yeah uh, you know i focus a lot on teacher sustainability like how do we make our jobs as educators sustainable. Well, right now we have what's called job creep, where more and more is given and put on our plates without, you know, equitable compensation. Um, We don't get raises every time they put more on our plates. And so I was really kind of thinking about it from that lens when I started looking at ChatGPT, because I'm like, how does, how can we make teachers' lives easier? How can we streamline what they're doing and automate some of those tasks that we don't need to be doing? Like, I don't know about y'all, you know, but I got into teaching to make an impact with my students. I wanted to make those relationships. I wanted to, you know, teach and the first couple years of teaching, I realized this isn't all that I'm going to do. I'm not just going to spend time, you know, talking to kids and teaching them lessons. I'm going to be doing random paperwork. I'm going to be, you know, sending emails and communicating with parents and all of these different things that add to more of that overwhelm that can then lead to burnout, right? And when I first learned about Chat GPT, I thought, you know, as anybody did, how do you make a lesson plan, you know? <laughs> I'm like, how do you make a lesson plan? But then I realized that there are so many ways to integrate it to automate a lot of the things that we do as teachers that require so much brain energy. Like we have at the end of our days as teachers, we often make more than, you know, 10,000 decisions a day. There's actually a study on that 10,000 decisions every day. And we then experience what is called decision fatigue. Well, If we're having to think, what is my objective going to be? You know, what is the plan for this lesson? What is, you know, all of these different things? How do I write this email to this parent? Those are all contributing to decision fatigue, which then can lead to burnout. And if we can access and automate some of those tasks, it reduces our overwhelm significantly. There is a study that was done that shows up to 40% of the tasks that we do as teachers can be automated, completely automated, like where we don't necessarily even have to touch them. And AI is no different. Like if you can learn to prompt chat GPT, you are almost golden because Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing I think is just being able to prompt it. But now there are ways that you can incorporate it into a larger system where it's um, you're prompting AI with just one word and it's then putting it into your lesson plan for you where you don't even have to get onto chat GPT. I mean, it's crazy what AI can do for us and I just get real giddy about it because and and really nerdy <laughs> about it because I love to think how much our system in our classroom can be automated. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, well and it brings it back to, you know, almost what you said when you backed it up at the beginning like where the more that we could automate gives us then more time to then be with do what we like to do do that 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 human connection that human component that seems to get less and less as our plates get fuller and fuller and i do think there's a huge contributing factor to some of that burnout because the relationships which we're told that a million times but yet we never when do
1: you have time (laughs) have
0: time everything is so scripted and structured and and then you're if if, you, you know I always, I always joke that teachers don't even have time to uh, fart and drink a Pepsi anymore, even in a prep time, like because they're just, it's just so bombarded. And so to your point, yeah, to be able to automate some of that either just gives you time to take a quick breather if you need it, or to build out more connections and, and have some of that that humanness that I think mm-hmm. continues to get sucked away, even though we know <laughs> it's so important. We tend to what we say and what we do in education and the system at large tends to uh, be at, at polar opposites.
1: You said something there. You said, you know, like it brings out that humanization. I think so many teachers or educational prof- professionals in general, they think, you know, AI is going to take over and there's not going to be that human component. But I don't see it that way. Right. I see it as a way that you can actually access your creativity even more. You're not doing all of these super mundane tasks that, why are we even doing like as professionals, you know what right, I mean? Like, right. why are we writing like, even just the smallest thing, like a template for an email, like we have rewritten this email 15 times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and every time we question, did we write that in the right tone or whatever, but really being able to use AI that's harnessing some serious creativity that we are unable to access otherwise. Like there. There's teachers who are worried about you know AI taking over the classroom, and I think that AI is going to be is going to become part of our curriculum, where students are utilizing that, and it's not going to be that rote memorization that we've always done, and you know it's going to be focused more on that emotional intelligence, focused more on creativity and problem solving and community building, which have all really been lost in education. You know, like we, we've we standardized tests. We've got kids who can take a test and they can, um, you know, they can ace it, but then they don't know how to communicate with their partners. They don't know how to go out into the workforce and actually have a conversation or problem solve with people. And I think that's what's going to what AI is going to do. It's going to put more emphasis on those human characteristics versus memorization or things like that that aren't a really good use of time or truly educational.
0: You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. We're on the same wavelength. I, I, I talk a lot about, it allows us to expedite the amount of time spent uh, like low level cognitive work That we spend so much time on some of it has been just the way things have been whether we like that or not some of that is some are still stuck in the compliance type mindset of we're going to sit and we're you're going to do your 770 vocab because that's what they've been doing and Mm -hmm. now that can be done much faster but Mm -hmm. now what can we do with that now how do we get to that higher levels of you know deeper levels of thinking like you said the human side of that stuff conversation what happens if you have an idea and I have an idea, they're not the same. Can we actually have a discourse around that where it's not what we see all over society and social media and everything else where people act like fools? Like, I think there's, (laughs) there's, there's huge opportunities to, and to me that, that, that makes learning exciting again, to be able to, Mm -hmm. to have dialogue and to dive into stuff and not just sitting on your own, you know, doing low level task work. And so I completely agree. That's what I, and most excited about it, I think it brings us opportunities to strengthen that side of the equation that's been missing for so long, yeah, so you know as 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 we be here, I want to make sure we're respectful of of your time and things of that nature. But you know one of the things that I think is always important that I think also separates you from a lot of people out there is like like you live it like you you have these ideas you know and so i would love because i think always i think story captures ideas more than anything and so how have you as you've been working with this and you're working with people and you're sharing these thoughts and ideas and stuff can you talk a little bit about how it's impacted like you in the classroom. I mean, now you're you're trying to navigate this new space, right? Of 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 what teaching looks like when you're not showing up to a building, so to speak, but now yeah. all over the place. And you know, some of your maybe personal life things of that nature. If you've taken these things and and like like you're not just talking about it, you know, you're 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 walking the walk. Which I think there are you know a lot of good people that can sell an idea. um, but they're not living it. And so I think that's always important. I would I would love to 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 make sure we highlight some of that as well because I just you've got some just phenomenal stuff going on.
1: So you mean with AI or just just like
0: the burnout and all the it doesn't have to yeah. be just AI. I mean, just in 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 general, just kind of all your work that you've got going on, whether you want to talk AI or however you want to want well, to tackle that. Yeah.
1: If I'm completely <laughs> honest, it's just me. So one of the things is, you know, some people when it's when they're working on all of these different things, they've got like a team behind them where they're just helping everybody, you know, like that sort of thing. I don't have that. It's just me. And so AI and automation allow me to get the (laughs) things done that I need to get done. But like I was telling you before we hopped on here. I know where I want to make the biggest impact. And I know that I, you know, one of the places that I show up consistently is my podcast, but I also really, really value family time. And so this summer, when there has been all of these things going on, I had to let, you know, social media take a backseat for a minute. Can you automate those things? Absolutely. There are totally ways to do that, but even down to, you know, really focusing on, what is my most impactful thing? That's what I started out with in the classroom. What's the most impactful thing that I do? That's the only thing I'm going to focus on. Hmm. And everything else can fall away. And while I get the the handle on that one thing, then I'll add another piece. If I add that piece, you know, like at first it was just focusing on my students' growth. That's all I cared about. Like it literally everything else was important to some people, right? But to me, it was just my students' growth. And then I could add another piece on. Well, now the other part of that is their IEPs, obviously. So now I need to focus on that as well. And just adding one little piece at a time. But that's how it works in my real life too. While I've got all of these things going on, and it's just me, not a big team behind (laughs) me, you know? It's I focus on one Main thing, where's the area that I can make the biggest mm. impact? Well, the biggest impact can be made in the schools and on my podcast, and that is where I've been focusing a lot of things. And other than that, it's either automated or I delegate it to someone else, um, which I don't because I it's me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might be at home, it might be delegating something to my husband, right? Right, right, um, or or I eliminate it for the time being and then add it back later over time. And I think the same can be done in any area of life, you know, like as you're in the classroom, outside of the classroom, you can either automate delegate or eliminate the task until it's time to add it back.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I like that framing of that. And it makes me think, I mean, even, even this summer at the beginning of the summer, I took a pause on, on podcasting and yeah. like, I felt guilty about it as if yeah. like the world was going to implode if, you know, Aaron Mauer didn't release a podcast, you know, as if all of a sudden people are going to like send me hate mail. And I know better than that. There's like the rational right. brain. Then you have your irrational brain. I'm sure there's more a smarter sense of the, how it works. But I was just like, I know better than this. Like quit being goofy. You know, yeah. like I just needed, I just I had to step away from education for just a bit, and uh, you know, but it was so weird. I was like, like I felt bad, and I'm just like, like what am I doing? I'm sitting here. I'm like, the only thing like is being upset is is you. Everybody else is fine. You know, I mean, everybody else is fine. (laughs) But it's just weird how we get into our head. Yeah, it's just.
1: (laughs) And and that and teachers do that all the time. They think they have to do everything. Yes, Yes, and and the fact of the matter is is that. In order to be a good teacher, that good is so subjective. You came up with that term. Really think about that for a minute. Like, what what is the thing that's really going to make the biggest impact? Well, it's probably not that paperwork on the side of your table. <laughs> yeah, it's important, and your administrator may get upset, but the main factor in your classroom is your students. Yeah. At home, it's your kids and your your spouse or your partner or whoever, you know, like, it, it really really reframing it to see, okay, like where is my energy most needed right now? That's that's kind of a big, that's hard to do. takes some is. self-awareness, you it know? Does.
0: <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like not everything needs to be redlined. You know, not everything is has to be marked and stamped urgent. So, right. Okay. There are certain things we got to do that we don't like. We all know that, but it doesn't mean right. that it has to be like, oh my gosh, done right this minute. Like, you know, right. how do we and we kind of organize our, our thoughts and our, our things to, you know, to keep that burnout. And you know, I think the word that keeps popping up again in this is just that permission, right? That permission to be like, for me, you don't have to record a podcast every week, you know, or right. for a teacher, you don't have to do all those things
1: right, right. now.
0: You don't have to be in your classroom until nine o'clock at night tonight. You know, right. if that email gets left unanswered for, Till tomorrow, you know, nowhere in policy does it say it has to be answered in, in within five minutes of it being sent. You know, we right. we self-impose some of these these things. Um, and so I think that that's really important. You know, before we wrap up and get you people sharing or get you sharing where people can learn all more about you, we'll have all this in the in the show notes. You know, do you have any Last tidbits or piece of advice is people are either back in the classroom, soon to be in the classroom, or, you know, by the time they listen to this, maybe, you know, already in the throes of, of, of teaching and learning. You got any last uh, insightful wisdom? I'm sure you've got a long laundry with us, but if you want to hit them with your your best shot, what do you got?
1: Okay, so my <laughs> number one thing that I would tell teachers who are going back into the classroom or already back in the classroom is that... You can always reframe your mindset. Mm. I think people often put that on the back burner, and they don't realize that our brains are so powerful that they create—it pretty much creates our reality for us. Um, I went into a episode, a couple um, episodes back on my podcast about this because I don't think that teachers realize that they can choose their mindset. Um, it's not easy, um, but. Our brains are literally set up for us to be able to reprogram them like a computer um, so that we can reprogram the way that we think. If we're really negative about the school year, we're going to keep seeing the negative things. If it, we are really positive about the school year, our brain is literally going to filter out all of the positive things to reinforce that con- current belief system. So the number one thing that I would tell teachers at the beginning of the school year is decide what your mindset is going to be and then program it every day. Literally just practice it and program it every day through affirmations, through gratitude, through really being hyper clear about what you want your reality to look like and your brain's going to show it to you.
0: I love it. I think that's a a great (laughs) reminder and something for, for all of us. Uh, to keep in mind at any point in the year. But I think as we go through the, the ups and downs and the peaks and valleys of uh, the education cycle to keep that in mind, cause it's it's really, really easy to kind of get caught up in sometimes the uh, the negative energy, um, it kind of festers itself and spreads pretty crazy. So, so like you said, I think going back to it, at the beginning, you know, thinking about how to spread some of the work that you're doing, be that, that source of optimism and, and, you know, and, and and shine that light forward in, in the work. So, Brittany, I can't thank you enough for for taking time to be part of this. This is truly uh, an honor on my end to be able to have a chance to speak with you. Your work has, has has impacted me. I I love following your work and the things that you've got going on, and continue to follow that. And for those that want to know more about you and and follow your work, I'll have it all in the show notes. But as I always like to close, those sitting at a red light that want to pop on now and and find more about you, you know, where are some of the best places to uh, to learn and you know, continue to follow your journey.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, thank you again, Aaron, for having me on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It was a pleasure hanging out with you today. Um, So I am most active on my podcast, the Resilient Teacher Podcast. You can find that at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast, um, or just on my website. I do have that quiz that I was talking about. Um, It is the um, individualized burnout recovery roadmap, and that is just at teaching mind body and quiz. Um, but I'm also active, I haven't been as much over the summer, but active on Instagram at Teaching Mind Body and Soul or on TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. That is where I I do my thing. I love to make short <laughs> videos and things like that. And, um, so I love to connect with other educators. So shoot me a DM, you know, message me, listen to the podcast, um, would love to, you know, spread burnout recovery and prevention even further, um, with more educators.
0: Well, I love it. And I hope this, uh, conversation and podcast episode, uh, some more people your way. Um, and, uh, I would. know. I'll keep uh, preaching to those that don't know to check out your work. So, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, Aaron.
0: Hey, 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 chaos. Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs, talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation. hey, 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 chaos.